Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts episode 42. And 42 is one of my favorite numbers uh, because if you guys haven't ascertained, uh, you know, from my speaking and uh, if you've discovered my tweets or my podcast, I mean not my podcast, my blog or anything like that, you know I'm somewhat of a geek. (laughs) So... Um, I really like the number 42 because I'm a huge fan of Douglas Adams and his writing. I've read almost all of his books, Um, you know, all five of the trilogy of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know, that is what it is. It is a five-part trilogy, and there's actually even a prequel book. So technically there's six books um, because one is... Young Zaphod, I can't remember the title. Something about Young Zaphod. Basically about Ford and, and Zaphod Beeblebrocks when they you know, first meet. So, I've also read the Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency, um, which I really enjoyed as well. It was a fantastically funny and nonsensical book um, about all kinds of just really, really weird and unusual things. Like, for instance... Um, one of the characters in the books that's friends with Dirk Gently uh, bought a couch for his flat and the movers started bringing it up the stairs because he was on the second floor uh, of the of the complex and it got stuck in the uh, in the stairwell so they couldn't figure out how to get back out it, it was jammed really well nobody could get it out so Everyone just basically accepted when they had to go, um, you know, go to this guy's flat, you know, they'd have to climb over this couch to get there because, you know, there wasn't any way around it. You know, it was, it was just there. It was stuck. He even had a screensaver on his computer of a couch bouncing around back and forth in a stairwell, um, that couldn't bounce out of the stairwell. So... Um, and uh, you know just these incredible adventures that weird things that only Dirk gently could see and that he would you know people would be like oh you know it's this or that and he would just come up with some really super nonsensical answer that didn't you know everyone thought he was crazy um, but he was right I mean eventually in the second book you know he ends up (laughs) meeting uh, Thor and uh, helping him out. So, you know, very interesting books. I'm a huge, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I'm actually getting ready to go through and listen to it via audiobook. I've read it twice in physical uh, print. Uh, The first time I read the book, um, or the series actually, because I read all, all of them at once, um, I was working at a place called Hunter Douglas. Uh, they make designer shades and stuff like that. I was working second shift on, um, as a QA specialist. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing QA at that time. So I basically would inspect fabric and bamboo, uh, for the shades and the blinds that were made and find flaws or mistakes in the pattern and mark them. So I'm working second shift, and my supervisor comes up to me. He says, David, I know you're really smart with computers. Um, 
I'd basically like to change what you're doing for the next couple of days. And at this point, I'd been reading the book for about four or five days because I bought it as like one complete book because that just made more sense instead of trying to shuffle through all six of them. And uh, so I said, sure, yeah, what do, you, what do you need? And he says, I've got a really important PowerPoint presentation due, and I'm going to give you all... Uh, it's due next Monday. I'm going to give you all week to work on it. And uh, basically what I want you to do is create this PowerPoint presentation. Just go through. You'll have all the sheets and all the information. I've got everything marked. You know, I've got it all marked on paper. And I just want you to do some cool slide transitions and text reveals and pop-ins and, you know, whatever that stuff to make it look fancy. I wanted to make really look good for my presentation because I've got to present to the boss and not Bon Jovi or not I me mean, not not what am I thinking not Bruce Springsteen but the boss at that at that plant you know and uh, so <clears throat> I uh, you know started working on it I threw everything together you know I started at my I think my shift started at two o'clock um, I th- put everything in, I threw it together, I went through the slides, made sure everything looked good, and looked at the clock, and 30 minutes had elapsed. 30 whole minutes um, had elapsed out of my eight-hour shift. So I thought, well, I'm kind of done, and he really gave me all week, but I'll just tell him I got it done early, and you know, I'll go back to inspecting, even though we didn't have a lot of fabric to inspect at that time. I was like, I'll go back into inspecting um, after this, you know, t- tomorrow, whatever. So I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do for seven and a half hours? <clears throat> you know, because my next big appointment for the day apparently is eating supper. So I sat down and read. And like I said, I was about four days into reading. And I'm a pretty quick reader. I'm not as fast as I used to be just because I don't read physical uh, books as much. I do a lot of audiobooks because I'm in my car a lot. So, um, but back then I was pretty darn fast. And so I literally read um, most of all of the books. Basically, when I got done that night, I had a few, probably 30 or 40 pages at the very end of the last book. I literally read through four whole books and almost, well, if you count the fact that I was, um, no, sorry, yeah, about four whole books out of the technically six, uh, because the first one was kind of a short book, so we'll call it, we'll call it five and a half. So I'd read four out of five and a half books in seven and a half hours minus 30 minutes for lunch. So we'll call it seven hours. And, you know, I always just love to read. And of course, if I find something that really inspires me to read, um, I just plow through it. I just like can't get enough. I've got to find out what's on the next page. You know, it's kind of like seeing those to be continued uh, signs on television shows or in, in comic books or whatever, you know, it's like that next page just grabs me. I mean, I remember, and I think I mentioned this, I read the Crystal Star, uh, Star Wars novel in about 
four or five hours or less. It was somewhere around in there. Um, so, you know, when I, when I find something that really grabs my attention, I don't want to put it down. And I just start speeding through it because it just, it's almost like a joy, you know, like if you enjoy doing something, you're going to work harder at doing it. Um, you know, that's kind of what the experience of reading is for me is the, the more I enjoy what I'm reading, the faster I'm able to read it. So with that being said, you know, I got everything together. I was good to go. Um, you know, I had the PowerPoint presentation done, and I read almost the entire Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. And it was really such an amazing and thought-provoking book because it took science fiction and kind of made fun of it, and then, but also did so so intelligently that you couldn't help but be amazed at the ideas that that he came up with, um, like. The, if you've seen the movie, you know, when they use the improbability drive and they, they hit it and then all of a sudden the pot of flowers hits the, the window and then the um, whale shows up, in the book there's actually so much more to that. Basically, the pot of flowers is a person. It, it's, it's, a, it's a person that somehow he keeps getting reincarnated to different things um, throughout his life, throughout different parts of the galaxy. So when they hit the improbability drive and the pot of flowers bounces off the ship and it says, you know, the only thing the pot of that went through the mind of the pot of flowers was, oh, not again, it's because this person who had been reincarnated into all of these many different things, every time he died, the main character, Arthur Dent, was actually there. So at some point, he actually decides that he's going to take revenge. You know, he's going to figure out a way to trap Arthur Dent and kill him because every time he's died a horrible death, Arthur Dent was there and then he was reincarnated and the cycle continued. Um, of course, since this is a book about heroes, Arthur didn't end up dying. The, uh, um, the person ended up getting killed in the most illogical way, and I can't even remember how. I'd have to listen, listen to or read the book again. But the point is, is, you know, there was so much just weird stuff that happened, but at the same time, it was intelligent. Like, Arthur learned to fly, and, you know, he basically consulted the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy basically said, you know, flying is the art of jumping off of a high place and aiming, f uh, aiming for the ground but missing. And so he actually jumped, uh, climbed up onto this old barn and leapt off and was headed straight for the ground. Things were not looking good for our hero. And then he missed the ground and learned to fly. And he would just fly all over the place. I mean, it was really cool. Or he was on a ship that, um, traveling between worlds, uh, trying to get back home. He had been left at the restaurant at the end of the universe. Everyone ditched him. You know, Zaphod ditched him. Ford ditched him. Um, 
you know, everybody was gone. Um, you know, his girlfriend ran, ran off with Thor, and they were, you know, going off and partying. Um, why can't I think of her name right now? Trillion. Trillion ran off with Thor. They went off and partied. So here he is at the restaurant at the end of the universe um, by himself, just trying to figure out how to get back to Earth. So he starts traveling, and um, being uh, an Earthling and uh, being British, uh, you know, he understood the concepts of flight, you know, because that was just what, you know, what we do as humans. We, we understand, okay, put on your seatbelt, you know, do these things, right? So he had his proper safety gear on. The spaceship ended up having trouble and was going down, and the ship crashed, and he was the only one who had actually paid attention during the actual in-flight briefings for if the ship were to crash. So out of the ship full of people, or aliens, uh, he was the only one that survived. So he ended up marooned on this planet um, and became a sandwich maker because there were these random beast that no one really knew where they came from or where they went they would just appear on this plane for a short period of time and then they would they would run across the plane and then they would vanish and so people would capture them for food on this planet and he became a sandwich maker so the people there revered him as like God's only begotten sandwich maker because he was the only one who survived the crash, and and he came from the stars, so they thought he came from heaven, and he had been sent to make delicious sandwiches for them. So they kind of revered him in a way, and he really enjoyed um, living on that world and running his sandwich shop. He had these precision knives that he had had specially made by one of the weapons makers in the village, and, you know, that was his thing. People would hunt these, these beasts. They would bring uh, some of them to him. And he would take the meat and make sandwiches. And he loved it. And, um, yeah, there's just so many other great stories and things that happened uh, in the book. Or in the books, I should say. But... The point is, and why I'm sharing this with you, aside from the fact that I'm a nerd and I, I love Douglas Adams' writing, and it's, it's episode 42, is the thing that Arthur Dent ultimately learned. You know, when he started out, he was unhappy. His house was going to be torn down because they were making way for a interstate bypass and he had apparently been notified of it and had been trying to go down to the local uh, registrar's office or, or whatever to, to protest and to tell them that he did not want to sell his house and have his house tore down uh, for a bypass. You know, he loved where he lived. He liked his life. He was happy where he was. He didn't want to move. He didn't want to change. He just wanted to be moderately happy and, and live a quiet life. But as a result of this, he knew this guy named Ford 
and Ford was a little bit odd, a little bit strange, um, but he was a good friend to Arthur, one of Arthur's few friends, and um, turns out that Earth was actually scheduled to be destroyed and tore down to make space for a hyperspace transit route uh, by accident, and so he helped Arthur get off the Earth. So really, at the end of the day, only two actual Earthlings survived. Everyone else died. And so he was there. Uh, Trillian was there. He had met her at a party the night before, and he was really down in the dumps. He was at the pub having a pint of ale. Ford shows up, says, hey, buddy, we got to go. And Arthur thinks he's talking about the fact that the people were coming with the bulldozer to tear down his house. That was not what Arthur, or that's not what Ford was talking about at all. He knew that they needed to get off the planet, and he was going to help. Arthur, because Arthur was probably the nicest and coolest person he had met on Earth. So, in this, you know, he was taken all over the galaxy. You know, he thought he was in love with Trillian. He he wanted to be with her. They were the last two humans alive, as far as he knew. Um, he was surrounded by all of these amazingly unusual new technologies and sensations and everything that happened to him. And at the end of the day, he eventually discovered that life was about the journey. You know, that to just roll with it, just to keep on going. Um, no matter what crazy and unusual things happened, no matter if you had to sit strapped to a chair and listen to Vogon poetry and be threatened to be thrown into a cage to be eaten by the bug bladder beast of troll. I probably pronounced all of that wrong, sorry. But anyway... The point is, is that he made the best of every situation. No matter what came his way, he dealt with it, he worked with it. Sometimes he got a little overwhelmed, but eventually he realized, you know, throughout this story that it wasn't about getting home. It was about finding himself. It was about enjoying this journey and, and doing things new things that no one ever had done before. And so that's what I really love about this story because I feel like in a way it's my story uh, now. You know, like I've said in several episodes of my podcast and on my blog and on LinkedIn and Facebook and everywhere else I am socially, my life has changed so fundamentally. I mean, all of the things that I'm doing are things I would have never done before. Now, not that they're things that no one has ever done before, but... For me, they're all new and unusual experiences. And I feel like, you know, for me, I need to carry my towel with me everywhere I go, you know, and be prepared. You never know when you're going to need your towel. Um, you never know when you're going to need anything. So to be prepared and to, <clears throat> to learn to roll with the punches to learn to adapt, <coughs> excuse me, to learn to be in love with the journey in life, to be who you are, and to just do what you do, you know, just make the best of it, and work with it, and 
and grow and become so much more. You know, I mean, he had such an amazing, amazing adventure through the galaxy and eventually returned to the new Earth that had been rebuilt. Once they discovered that there was a mess up with the paperwork, they built a new Earth and put everybody back on it, uh, you know, because the magic of science fiction. And, you know, he ended up actually meeting his true love and all of his dreams came true and he ended up living a happy, very happy life. So, you know, the moral of this story is, is, is enjoy the journey. We all know our starting point, being born. We all know our ending point, our ultimate ending point, which is dying someday. But what matters in life is not when, where, how, how well off we are when we're born, or how well off we're not. Um, it doesn't matter where our body's going to be buried, because once it's put in the ground or cremated or whatever you choose, you're done. Game over. There's no press start to continue. There's no insert a quarter if you're old enough to remember when a quarter actually was enough to play a game at an arcade or old enough to remember going to an arcade for that matter. Um, a real arcade. I'm not talking about these like bar arcades where they have all these funky like Fruit Ninja and stuff. I'm talking about real regular video game arcades. Um, you know. But what matters is what we put between those two points. What happens, what we choose to do, how we choose to perceive the world, how we choose to be different, how we choose to be ourselves. You know, because that's one thing, and I know you guys have heard me say this before, you are unique. People will tell you you're not unique. People will tell you you're not good enough. People will tell you all kinds of things because they don't want you to succeed because they don't have the um, intestinal fortitude to, to do it themselves. They don't, they don't have the guts to go out there and do it on their own, and they are jealous of your desire and your passion. So, And nobody can do something just like you can do it because you are you. There's only one of you, you know. So that is my message. That is my moral of the story is spend time focusing on your journey. Focus on what makes it special. Make it special and do what it takes to do something that you love. You know, I'm not saying, and I've said this several times, I'm not saying you have to go out and start your own business or become an entrepreneur or start your own podcast, but go out there and find that thing that makes you happy and do it, you know, as a hobby. Maybe you want to be a woodworker and make, um, you know, make chess pieces and make your own chess board, or uh, my dad actually made gavels. He was, he bought a, um, you know, a lathe and actually started making gavels, and several judges in town uh, saw them on my mom's display for her business. She had just put them out and just as something to show off. And a couple of people actually bought them, you know. Um, and he enjoys making things out of, out of wood and builds tables and furniture and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, maybe you want to learn to dance or learn to drive uh, race cars, you know, and do it as a hobby. 
you know, get yourself a car and, and, and start working and souping it up, get it all certified, and go out to the track and race in little local small race events. You know, anything. You know, there's, there's a million or even a billion, quite possibly a trillion, different things you can do with your life that, that are easily achievable in one way, shape, or form. Something that you can do. And it's all about doing what's good for your soul. Because life is too short to live it and be miserable. And I know there are tons of people out there that thrive on misery. Um, I've got two ants that that seems to be all they're good at. They're never happy unless everyone's unhappy. And it particularly has to be all about them. So, you know... There are some people that you just can't please, no matter how hard you try. But the key is, is make the best of life. Enjoy the journey. Roll with it. Blend in and stand out. Because you are unique. So, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I kind of did something a little bit different. (laughs) So, um, as always, thank you so much. If you'd like to subscribe to my Twitter or Facebook or Patreon, please do. I'd love to hear your comments and feedback on the show, and uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And with that, we're going to say, Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, If you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can, you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.